0: Your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set for life. In order for there to be peace, the sinner had to die with the guilt on him. First Kings 2 and 34. So Benaiah the son of Jehoiada went up and struck him and killed him and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. The king put Benaiah the son of Jehoiada in his place over the army and the king put Zadok the priest in the place of Abiathar. Okay, so we had both Joab and Abiathar replaced. Remember Abiathar was fired, that was he was fired from the priesthood that was to fulfill what the Lord had said about Eli a long time ago. Their positions were now been filled again. They've been replaced. 1 Kings 2 and 36. Then the king sent and called for Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there, and do not go from there anywhere, for it shall be on the day you go out and cross the brook Kedron, Know for certain you shall surely die. Your blood shall be on your own head. And Shimei said to the king, The saying is good, as my lord the king has said, So your servant will do. So Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. Okay, Solomon was obeying David's commands that he ordered before David had died. He said, remember earlier in the chapter, David said, bring Shemai's gray hair down to the grave with blood. David told him to do the same thing to Joab as well. But remember how Solomon had offered mercy to Adonijah for his takeover attempt. Well, here in verse 36 to 38, Solomon is still offering mercy. You see this even to Shemai, a guy that didn't deserve it. And 2 Samuel 16, when David was fleeing from Jerusalem to escape from Absalom, that's when Absalom tried to steal the throne. So on his way out of Jerusalem, Shemai attacked and cursed David. And even one of David's soldiers, one of David's guys says, Hey, you want me to kill this guy? He, he's attacking us. He physically attacked and verbally attacked. But let's get this picture here this guy that attacked David. Shemai had personally attacked the king, but look, Solomon was offering him a way out. Here's a way out. I'm giving you a way out. What's interesting, though, is that Shemai said, yeah, okay, I agree to these terms. He said, yes, I agree to these terms. Shemai, the guilty one here, he had to abide by the terms strictly or he was going to die. Take it or leave it take it or leave it. Solomon told him, as long as you stay in Jerusalem, don't you dare try to cross that Kidron Brook or else you're going to die. And so those were the terms he agreed to. So what was the big danger? What's the problem with crossing this Kidron Brook? What was so wrong with that? Just east of the Kidron Brook is where the Benjamites lived. And Shimei himself was a Benjamite. And the reason why Shimei attacked King David is because he accused David of being very bloodthirsty. He thought that the crown should still be with the line of Benjamin, because Saul was a Benjamite. Shemai and Saul were both Benjamites, and Shemai hated David so much because David was the tribe of Judah. A Benjamite should have the throne, not you, you bloodthirsty David. That was, his, that was Shemai's problem. And so the very reason why Solomon commanded Shemai, do not cross that Kidron Valley, is because he knew That if Shemai crossed over the Kidron, then it would be because he was going back over into Benjamite territory to stir up trouble all over again. So, let's get this straight. The king did not suggest, he didn't suggest, he didn't give it as an option. He commanded him, he ordered him, you stay put in the place where I give you. Do not cross that Kidron. You stay in the safe place that I have designated for you. Because if you leave it, then that will tell me that you are still intent on committing trouble. Now, this is like that mercy test that Solomon offered to Adonijah. If he proves himself worthy, he will be fine. You remember when he said that? But if wickedness is found in him, then he will die. That's what Solomon said about Adonijah. It's the same offers going to Shemai from Solomon. Now, a major point to notice here. The Shemai agreed to the terms. He says, yeah, the saying is good. I will do it. So now it's Shemai's turn to prove himself that he has really submitted to the king's authority or not. King Solomon was not going to allow any more trouble out of guys like this, out of Israel's worst offenders. He's just taken them out. They have proven a track record of being bad guys that were not going to turn. So let's recall the, ter- the terms one more time. As long as Shemai stayed where the king commanded him in Jerusalem, then he would live. But if Shemai demonstrated persistent rebellion, then he would die for it. 1 Kings 2 and 39. Now it happened at the end of three years that two slaves of Shemai ran away to Achish, the son of Mekah, king of Gath. And they told Shemai, saying, Look, your slaves are in Gath. So Shemai arose, saddled his donkey, and went to Achish at Gath to seek his slaves. And Shemai went and brought his slaves from Gath. And Solomon was told that Shemai had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had come back. Then the king sent and called for Shemai and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you, saying, Know for certain that on the day you go out and travel anywhere. You shall surely die? And you said to me, The word I have heard is good. Why then have you not kept the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I gave you? The king said moreover to Shemai, You know, as your heart acknowledges, all the wickedness that you did to my father David. Therefore, the Lord will return your wickedness on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So the king commanded Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck him down, and he died. Thus the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Now most people today, they only see the fact that Solomon had somebody killed, that Solomon killed, and that's all they see. What most people miss is that Solomon absolutely bent over backwards to do everything he could to be merciful with this guy. King Solomon gave him every chance under the sun to help this guy out, to give him a place. You stay here, it'll be all right. But he just didn't want it. The guy just didn't want it. Shemai did not want it. So after three years, Shemai probably figured, oh, God, it's been three years. He's probably forgotten by now. So he broke the terms that he himself agreed to keep with the king and went outside of Jerusalem and crossed out to where he was not supposed to go. You know, some people in this world are just hard-boiled trouble. I was once that guy myself. Thank God I was saved, and a lot of people had patience with me. But, you know, some people just never turn. They just never will. And such people will lie to your face that they are not being deceitful at all. But give it enough time. In this case for Shemai, three years, give it enough time. They will prove who they really are. They can only hold the act, the, the fakery, the trickery, the phony the, the phony theatrics up for so long. And then they will prove who they really are. So Solomon got to see proof that Shemai's attitude had not changed one bit. He was still a guy that just did whatever he wanted to, which demonstrated that Shemai had no regard for Solomon's authority at all. And because of this, Solomon's main concern was over the security of the throne. It was over the safety of the kingdom, the people that he was in charge of of ruling. He had to keep them safe. And the Bible says that after Shemai's execution— as well as after the executions of both Joab and Adonijah, then the kingdom was established. That means it was now firm. It was good. Everything's okay. The rebels are gone. This tells me that a kingdom is not fully established until all the enemies of the kingdom are condemned. A kingdom is not fully established until the enemies are gone. So as it says in verse 46, after Shemai was killed, The kingdom was firmly established in the hand of Solomon. Now, as extreme as this might seem, a king does have to condemn his enemies that refuse to turn around. That's one thing that kings will do. But let's not forget. I mean, you're getting hung up on the fact that he had him killed. Don't forget that King Solomon offered Shemai a way out. He gave him a way out. Friends, you and I are offenders. We have broke God's law. We have done terrible bad things in our sin. But he, the king, Jesus, he's given us a way out. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You notice the word if here, if you confess, if you confess with your mouth. This means that not everyone that's offered salvation is going to take it. A lot of people are not really going to accept it. But that's why it says, if you confess. You know, Solomon told Shimei he'd be okay if he accepted the king's terms. But Shimei did not really submit to the king's terms. He did not submit to his authority. He said he did. Oh, the saying is good to me. I like that. It's my way out. I'll take it. I'll take it, king. Thank you. Thank you, king. But he never really submitted to it. To parallel this picture over to us, if we will accept Jesus' offer of salvation for real and not just agree to it with some kind of a fake acknowledgement like Shimei did, then we will not be condemned. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, friends, if Shimei had stayed in Jerusalem, if he had stayed where the king told him to, then he would have been safe. Because that was the king's appointed place of safety that he was offered. Friends, we are offenders because of sin. And King Jesus has offered us a place of safety. In him, in Jesus Christ the Lord, there's a place of safety. There's no other way to be saved. He has given us a way out, though. There's no other way. So now, in the case of Joab, he refused to submit to the king, but he grabbed onto the altar horns because he thought maybe the law. Would save him. But because the king knew his guilt, then not even the law could save him. Romans 8 3. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. See, all of us are guilty, and the law cannot save us because King Jesus knows our guilt. You know, there's some people that say, oh, yeah, the law can save you if you do it right. You got to do it right. No, no, no. You, you're already guilty. We're already sinners. We've already broken the law. You can't do anything right. That's like if a murderer went to a judge and he committed murder, but he says, oh, but I'll do everything right from here on out. No, no, no. The law has already convicted you. You're already condemned. You can't change that from now. The law didn't save you now. You're guilty. But where the law could not save us, God sent his own son, Jesus, to take care of what the law could not do. Hebrews seven nineteen, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope. I love that better hope through which we draw near to God. And friends, the way we draw near to God is through Messiah Jesus. It's no longer the law. The law can't save you, but through Jesus, you can draw near. He's a better hope. He has given us a place of safety where we can remain so that no condemnation will come upon us. So we read today that the king firmly established his kingdom after he executed all of these various rebel men who refused to subject themselves to his authority. They would not bow to the king's authority because the king cannot allow rebels to remain in the kingdom to disrupt the peace. He had to condemn them. They refused to subject themselves to his authority. 1 Peter 3.22 Jesus Christ has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. You see, friends, all those who will be in the kingdom, those who are going to be in the kingdom, are only going to be those who have submitted themselves to Jesus' authority, who have given themselves and submitted themselves to the king. No rebels allowed. Everybody and all power and everything will be submitted to him. And that is how a kingdom is established. Friends, this is why the Lord God has to condemn those who will not bow their knee to him. They will be condemned. Now in verse 33, when King Solomon condemned Joab, he said, the blood of those that he killed shall therefore return. Get that, return. It's going to transfer. Return upon the head of Joab. This means that sin and guilt returned. It actually transferred over to Joab. And why was the guilt transferred to him? What was the reason for doing this? It was transferred over to Joab so that others could have peace. Guilt was transferred to Joab so that others could have peace. 1 Kings 2 and 33 says, their blood shall return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his descendants forever. But upon David and his descendants, upon his house and his throne. See, there's everybody else. The blood returned upon Joab so that everybody else there shall be peace forever from the Lord. So friends, Joab died with the sin upon him so that there would be peace forever from the Lord for everyone else. Friends, look at this. This is the gospel right here, a picture, a forwarding picture of the gospel. The sinner, the guilty, had to die so that there would be peace for others. The guilty had to die so there would be peace for others. First Peter 2.24 says Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body. On the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Friends, this says that the guilt of our sin was transferred over to Jesus. God made he who had no sin to become sin for us so that we could have his righteousness. See, it transferred. It transferred to Jesus and he became our sin so that he would have to die with it. That way we would all be saved. This is why Jesus is the only way to salvation. He's the only one that died with our sin penalty transferred over to him. Isn't that nice that he did that for us? Through Jesus Christ's death, he could drag our death penalty down into the grave with him. He grabbed our death penalty and pulled it down into the earth and buried it dead so that he could bury it forever so that we could be free to have peace forever. But remember, Jesus rose again, okay, proving he defeated death. So Jesus is just fine, okay? But our sin, if you'll let it transfer to him, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, your penalty transfers to Christ, where he at the cross took it down into the grave and and got rid of it forever so that you could be set free. Now, I want you to remember what the Lord foretold David in First Chronicles 22 and 9. It says, Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. So what we see from this passage is that Solomon is going to reign in peacetime, a good time of peace that everybody wanted, which is why the guilty had to be condemned. All these troublemakers had to be put out because the Lord said peace was coming. So you can see how all these guilty men here in chapter 2, had to die first. They had to die first before peacetime could come. I'm going to say that again. The rebel troublemakers, they had to die first before peacetime could come. Friends, Jesus had to die first. He had to die with our guilt upon him so that our own peacetime could come. We read that the kingdom was not fully established until all the enemies of that kingdom were condemned and done away with first until they were put to death. Friends, if you want into God's kingdom, if you want God's kingdom firmly established in your life, you have to die first because we are the sinner. If you want the kingdom of God established in your life, that you can enjoy that peace As the offender, you have to die first. How do I do that, Ray? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Friends, this means that once you've been offered a place of salvation, you've been offered terms by the king. Here's your terms. Right in here is a place for you to have safety. Salvation. You have to repent of your old life and never go back to it. Don't go back to it like Shemai did. If the king says, hey, confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Those are the terms. If you confess that. Okay, the terms sound good to me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Okay, if you accept that, then he stays Lord. If you accept him as Lord, he remains Lord from now on. Don't you go back to your old life like Shemai did. Don't cross back over your figurative Kidron brook. And go back over into your old life of sin because that proves you never really accepted the king's terms in the first place. You see what I'm saying as far as the gospel goes? Let me say it again. Shimei, he was offered a place of safety. The king said, here's the terms. You stay here and you'll be okay. Shemmai said, yes, that's good. I love it. Sounds great. Let's do it. But then after a little bit of time, eh, I'm going to go off and do what I used to do. And I'm going to violate the terms. The king realized, hey, you never agreed to the terms at all and he was condemned take it or leave it Shemmai never took it and he left i say it time and time again if you are willful now now friends this is different than if you ac- when you accidentally sin or you mess up and and it, it grieves your heart here's here's what i got to say you're still saved okay if it grieves you oh my gosh i sin and i hate it i can't stand it when i do this lord help me i got to stop this sin if you sin willfully and you intend on it and you have a drive to do it and I want it and you have no remorse or no grieving for it at all, you've got trouble. You've got trouble. You may not have really accepted the terms. You did a shemai. You did a shemai. Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's do that. And then you just run off and do your own thing. No, you're in trouble. But if you fully, fully accepted the terms, you would have said, Lord, I I accept your terms of salvation. Forgive me. I'm sorry and you mess up, Lord God, forgive me. You jump down in, in, in a posture of asking forgiveness. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. You know, I say it time and time again. If you are willful in your old life, and your old sin, in the way you used to be, then you were not crucified with Christ. You know, I crucified means you're killed. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. That means you're, you're died. Have you ever noticed that all dead people don't do the things they used to do? They, they don't go back to their old life because they're dead. They can't get up out of the casket and say, well, I'm going to go do the things I used to do. They're dead. They can't go back and do that anymore. Friends, if you're crucified with Christ, you're not going to want to go back and do the old things you used to do. Therefore, if you claim to be in Jesus and you claim you've been saved, but you're still doing the old sinful things because you like it and you want it and got to have it. Friend, you're not saved. You need to get saved for real. You just tried to fake the king. The king is too smart. Did this chapter scare you today? I hope so. If it scared you today, good. You want to get right with the Lord for real? He offered you the terms. We read it. If you confess that Jesus is Lord, that means he's the boss. That means from here on out, not three years later, you go back to your old things again like Shemai did. That means from now on, you obey him and follow him and do what he tells you to do. Pray with me. You can accept Jesus' plan of salvation today. Lord, I'm a sinner. I have failed miserably. I violated. I broke your law. And I deserve condemnation. Forgive me, Lord God. I am genuinely, authentically sorry. I want to be crucified with you. I want to give up my old life. I walk away crucified, old life. And I'll never go back to it again. Thank you for saving me. You are now the boss. I follow you. I obey you. Thank you for dying in my place, that my penalty, the guilt, was transferred. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for covering me with your blood that saves. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you meant that for real and you said the terms are good by me, walk the rest of your days in those terms It's a demonstratable proof that you honestly did get saved today, right now. I pray that you did. Thank you for coming to Set for Life. You remember, you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.